According to the paperwork, I'm Dave Rubin, and this is the Rubin Report, welcoming you guys to another Friday Roundtable Extravaganza. And joining me today are the co-hosts of the Chicks on the Right podcast, Amy Jo Clark and Miriam Weaver. Amy Jo, Miriam, welcome to the Rubin Report. Hi, great to be here. Great to be here. I am glad to finally have you fine ladies on. I have been on your show many times. We always have a good time and I wanna dive into all sorts of stuff. Before we do that, I have two quick announcements for the people. Uh, today through Sunday, if you guys join the rubenreport.locals.com community uh, annually, you not only get two months free, but we're sending you all some Ruben Report merch. We're clearing out the closets as we're about to launch an all new store. We've got shirts from some of our uh, events that we've done. We had a couple shirts left over from our Miami event. We have the standard Ruben Report shirt. One lucky person is going to get this very hat, which I signed myself. This is like the Willy Wonka golden ticket hat. If you get this hat, you also get tickets to a live event uh, sometime this fall. Just sign up at rubenreport.locals.com and email support at rubenreport.com so that we don't miss you. Uh, today, ladies, we will be talking about the elderly man pretending to be President Joe Biden and his <laughs> obsession with transgender children. We will be talking about the evil lizard person out of California, Gavin Newsom, and the juxtaposition <laughs> with the sanity coming out of Florida. And then, of course, the, the really nutty story of the week, uh, the second uh, indictment of former President Donald Trump, which happened right here in Miami. Before we get to that, let's talk about Moinkbox and then we'll dive in. Uh, you guys know that 60% of US pork production comes from one company owned by the Chinese and their hogs are given something called ractopamine, which is banned in 160 countries, including China, yet you find it in your grocery aisle right here every day. There's a better way, guys, and that's why I wanna tell you about Moink, which is moo plus oink. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door. You choose the meat delivered in every box like ribeyes to chicken breasts to pork chops to salmon fillets and much more. Plus you can cancel any time. There's nothing better than cooking their meats on my big green egg on a Friday evening. Shark Tank host Kevin O'Leary called Moink's bacon the best bacon he's ever tasted. And they guarantee you'll say, oink, oink, I'm just so happy I got moinked. Keep American farming going by signing up at moinkbox.com slash Ruben right now. And listeners of this show get free filet mignon in every order for a year. That's one of the best filet mignon you'll ever taste. But for a limited time, that's M-O-I-N-K box.com slash Ruben. Moinkbox.com slash Ruben. And now back to me. Ladies, before we get into it, you are professional podcasters. How was my read right there? Did you feel good about that one? Beautiful. It was so moinky. <laughs> it was moo plus oink. There you go. <laughs> All right, well, today is day 16 of Pride Month, and if your genitals are still attached to you, you are lucky. Here is a tweet <laughs> from the White House themselves. These are our kids. These are our neighbors. Not somebody else's kids, they're all our kids. And our children are the kite strings that hold our national ambitions aloft. It matters a great deal how we treat everyone in this country. The LGBTQ Americans, especially children, you're loved, you're heard, and this administration has your back. Uh, Joe Biden has the backs of children who are confused about their either gender or sexuality or something like that. Uh, 
How do I decide who goes first here? You pick. Oh my gosh. You just pick. Yeah. I think we're both mm. kind of we're both kind of weirded out by this, right? <laughs> mhm. Amy Joe, go ahead. Um well, I you know, I remember a time when Joe Biden um was against gay marriage. I'm old enough to remember that. So I, I just, I look at him now pandering to this community. First of all, my kid is not your kid, Joe Biden. But I also remember when he just was completely against gay marriage. I remember when he was with Obama and they were against gay marriage. So I'm old enough. I'm an old lady, I feel like, I guess. So I remember <laughs> when he was against that community in general. So I feel like all of this is just so pandery. And this administration in general is just so pandery to the whole community, whether it's um, the gay community or the transgender community and just the LGBTQIA, XYZ, element of P community in general. And it's just, it's so disingenuous to me. Miriam, I keep trying to explain to people that these letters have nothing to do with each other and that actually there is no movement that is more anti-gay actually than the trans mm -hmm. movement. There is also no movement that is more actively anti-female in general, exactly. anti-woman than the trans movement. Uh, but I guess the, the pandering just never ends with these people, huh? Mm -hmm. It never ends. And I think, you know, at some point, Facebook is going to have to add a new status that says you've been marked safe from puberty blockers because, <laughs> I, I mean, it's getting out of control. The whole idea, the whole notion of the White House, anybody at the White House, and they repeat this line often about th these being our kids just immediately makes me put my hands up and def like stay away from my kids. These are not your kids. These are my kids. And mm -hmm. when you see states like California that are enacting some of these crazy, super weird, like if you don't affirm your kid's gender ideology at age seven, we're going to take your kid away from you. I mean, it's getting, it's getting real at this point. And so it's not even just about pandering. It's dangerous the way that they talk about our kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, you guys know I'm, I'm a new father and it is very clear that I am the father. In this case, we happen to have two dads, but we are the parents of these kids. The state is not the parents of these kids. The idea that someone from the state could knock on your door and say, oh no, your son uh, actually thinks he's a girl and since you don't affirm that, we're gonna take your child. But that is literally happening in California now. It passed, it passed. So if you're in Cali and you watch this show, you gotta go, you gotta <laughs> yeah. get out now. But to that point, Elon Musk responded to the White House's tweet about this, uh, oh, there are kids. He wrote, you are the government, they are not your kids. Uh, Amy, how do, you think we, how do you think we drive this point home a little further? I mean, there are a lot of people that do think it takes a village. They're everybody's kids. Nobody yeah. really should have the ultimate authority on this child. Well, I think we learned that during the COVID pandemic, right? That there are a lot of liberals. There are a lot of people on that side of the aisle. There, I mean, gosh, I saw even some, dare I say, people on the right side of the aisle, conservatives, people who I thought were conservatives, who think and believe that the government knows what's best for them and knows what's best for their children. And that's terrifying. It's the, that's not the government's job to make any decisions like that about your children. You are the parent. I am the parent. Stay out of my, like, I, stay out of the decisions for my child. That's my job as a parent to make those decisions. And we're seeing that in education. We're seeing that in so many things. It's, it is kind of terrifying that that's happening. And it's, you know, we see it in California. You think, oh, it's not going to happen in places like I live in Texas. 
And mm -hmm. so I think, oh, it's not going to happen here. But so many of those whack job Californians are moving <laughs> to Texas, you know? <laughs> so it's yeah. terrifying. Well, it's funny because here in Florida, where obviously I moved and we're getting the biggest influx, everyone that I meet that comes up to me and says, oh, I used to live in New York. I used to live in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. I used to live in Cali. But they always make a point of saying, but I'm not going to vote that way. But I get that that's a certain set of people that are coming up to me specifically. Right, right. Uh, but seemingly in Florida, it is working out. And people, I mean, you just look at the DeSantis results and it's working out properly. Miriam, what do you make? of sort of the, the liberal mom, the 35-year-old the liberal mom uh, that is going along with all of this stuff? Like, is there a way to, to reach them? Can, can a woman reach them in a way a man cannot, perhaps? That's a great question. I mean, we, you know, we talk about these filled with white guilt suburban moms that are such a problem for Republicans in elections. And I don't know where the... I, I, to me, they seem just extra naive. And I don't know if that's um, obviously that I'm using a broad brush here when I say that, but they seem so um, susceptible to believing all the nonsense from, for example, Robin DiAngelo about white fragility. They're the first mm -hmm. ones to run out and buy the book and buy in. And I've never understood how how easy it is for them to fall into that way of thinking. But you raise a great point about how how do you how do you bring how do you coax them back to the right side? And man, I don't know. I mean, we we've talked a lot in just the last couple of days about how dumb people have become. <laughs> so it's mm -hmm. a worry, right? Because I don't know how that improves. We've already lost a couple years now off of kids' education, the what they've learned uh, you know, and what they haven't learned as a result of COVID. I don't know how we claw our way back from how dumb we've become. Right, yeah. uh, you know, it's funny because on one hand, it's like, all right, maybe when they realize that their sons are not getting into colleges with better grades, than say an LGBTQ kid or a black kid or whatever, that they that might wake them up. But I think they'd fall on the sword on that one for the most part, actually. Yeah. Uh, but let, let's go to another thing uh, this week because it is Pride Week and Biden's been giving a lot of speeches about pride. He, he completely made up that there are these hundreds of bills, these anti-LGBT bills throughout America. They simply do not exist, which is why they never go into any detail about them. It then gets repeated on mainstream media. Here's Joe completely making something up. It's wrong that the violence and hate crimes targeting LGBTQ people is rising. It's wrong that extreme officials are pushing hateful bills targeting transgender children, terrifying families, and criminalizing doctors. These are our kids. These are our neighbors. It's cruel and it's callous. Not somebody else's kids. They're all our kids. Are the kids are, and our children are the kite strings that hold our national ambitions aloft. It matters a great deal. All right, so there he goes again with this, they're all our kids thing. But this line, the hateful bills targeting kids, uh, the bills are stopping children from having their genitals mutilated and chemical castration and God knows what else they are doing to these kids. Uh, Amy, the media is just never going to deal with this stuff, honestly, huh? Right. It's not honest. It's not honest. It kind of reminds me of the, the racism claims, right? I mean, they, they make it seem like we're all racist and we're not racist. And you go out into the real world and we live in the real world and we know that people are not 
racist. It's kind of like people are not really even transphobic. We're not transphobic. If you actually talk to real people, none of this stuff is happening in the media does such a remarkable job of painting a picture that's not actually happening in real America. And then we're all at each other's throats and we're, you know, hating one another. And it's, we're also, um, I, I get we're not unified like we were supposed to be unified, like Joe Biden wanted to or he claimed he was going to unify us. But we're all you know, we're, we're we hate each other more than ever in this country because of the media. The media does such a they've done such a bang up job at making us hate one another. And this is just one of the examples of what they do. Also, for the record, I say this all the time, but a phobia is an irrational fear. So the right. idea the right. idea that you're transphobic if a government agent shows up at your house saying, I'm going to take your kid because <laughs> he really thinks he's a girl yeah. or she really thinks he's a boy. Uh, I don't think that's an irrational fear, but okay, let's let's move on because uh, you guys you guys mentioned Callie and, and there's just so much, cra- so much of the craziness that we talk about all the time emanates first in California. So Gavin Newsom, uh, who I truly believe is an evil lizard person from another planet wearing <laughs> totally a human is. outfit. Oh my God. Uh, he went on Sean Hannity and just laid out a whole bunch of bunk, which we'll debunk in just a sec, but here's his bunk. In 2021, California had 7.8% of GDP, GDP growth in this country, one of the fastest growing economies anywhere on planet Earth. This state continues to be the tentpole of the American economy. 25.6% of all American jobs came from this state in April. In the last two fiscal years, we enjoyed $177.7 billion in operating surpluses. We're on our way to be the fourth largest economy, eat your heart out, Germany, in the world. Number one in R&D, venture capital, more scientists, researchers, more Nobel laureates, more patents emanating out of this state than any other state in America. With all due respect, Florida doesn't even come close. Eat your heart out, Texas. California continues to be the dominant economic engine for the American I promised you before this interview I would let you give full answers. That's a full answer. Okay, so almost everything he said there was either a a lie or a confusion. (laughs) In terms of some of the numbers, California, despite the one point five-ish million people who fled is still a massive state. So a lot of their numbers seem very big, but right. it's purely because, yes, for decades, it was the place everyone wanted to, everyone wanted to go. Now it's the place that everyone wants to flee. Uh, Miriam, mm-hmm. the craziness there, people always say, well, when is it gonna stop? Or, or what is the low point? What is, what is the bottom so that they can reverse it? I see no reversal on this thing. I, I think they are just going off the deep end. What do you think? Well, absolutely. And and he just it's like he just doesn't see what's happening right in front of his very eyes in places like San Francisco, which is just absolutely falling apart. And he doesn't recognize or he re- refuses to admit all the people that have fled California. They're hightailing out of there with good reason. And so I don't know how he can, you know, it's fine. He can memorize all of his little stats and pretend that they are creating this this narrative that's utterly untrue to anyone who has actual eyes and ears on the ground. But, but you know, it, it's clearly false and you only need to look at the actual things that are happening. The problem is, if you go back to the people that we were just discussing, which are the young liberal women who are riddled with guilt, they will look at Gavin Newsom and they'll be all gaga over him, even though he's a Mm -hmm. lizard. And he's so smooth. And Mm -hmm. the way that he rattles off the stats and the way that he answered Sean's questions, it's, it's, 
he's very, very charming in a way that I fear would make him a formidable candidate, which is ultimately where it's headed, right? I mean, he's clearly going to run for president at some point. And there's way too many stupid people who are going to be like, oh, my God, he's so dreamy and not actually face the reality of the situation that he is responsible for in California. Yeah, because you know he, he talks he talks in circles. That's what he's doing. He's talking. It's like I can smell him through the screen. It's like he smells like bad cologne. That's the and he's like, it's so <laughs> it's so gross. I mean, he smells like a used car salesman with way too much cologne on. He's just like he he's a complete skeeve. I know we're supposed to be talking about data and stuff like that, but that's he's like the cult of personality to me. Like he is the guy that like he's the empty suit. He says a bunch of words. They mean nothing. People buy into that crap. And it's like Miriam says, it's women especially are like, oh my God, oh, he's so great. <laughs> and they're gonna, they love that crap. They eat it up. He's like the perfect politician. He's a Nepo baby. He's so gross. So gross. <laughs> yeah, Miriam, to your point, I, I, I always say that, you know, people don't have to get too lost in the stats. You just have to look where are people leaving right. and where are they going to. But I do want to read you guys a couple stats that actually will give a little more context than what he was tossing out there. This is from the Public Policy Institute of California. California's violent crime rate increased by 6% from 440 to, per 100,000 residents in 2020 to 466 in 2021. While robberies fell somewhat by 1.9%, aggravated assaults jumped point by 8.9%, uh, and homicides and rape, those are the really bad ones, increased God. by 7.7 and 7.9% uh, respectively. And let's just do a little bit more here. This is from California Matters. Uh, the first statewide snapshot of California's homelessness crisis since the pandemic hit reveals that the number of people without a stable place to call home increased by at least 22,500 people over the past three years to 173,800. Homelessness grew by 15%. Guys, for a little context on that, we were discussing the San Francisco homelessness situation once on this show, and my phone lit up while we were live streaming, and it was the mayor of Miami. And he said to me, Dave, we have about 200 homeless people in Miami and I'm working on it. And wow. Miami is flourishing. <laughs> like, and that tells you everything you need to know. Mm -hmm. uh, Amy, Gavin ruined San Francisco, ruined Cali. You think this is all in preparation to ruin the United States, huh? I do. I do. I mean, the guy, he's, he's horrific. And you know, he's going to run for president. That's why he's been making the rounds on every single talk show. He, that's why he went on Fox for crying out loud. Mm -hmm. And then he's, and he's also, he's been showing up at places, showing up at the white house. He's just sort of like popping up in different places. Now the median home price in California, I read was like around what, $600,000, which I mean, that, that's the median. So I think mm -hmm. to myself, listen, normal everyday people cannot afford that. And so my, and I have kids who live in California right now mm -hmm. and they're planning on moving to Texas, but I, I think they can't buy a house. They rent. There's no way they, and they make great money. There's no way that they can afford to buy a house there. It's insanity. And so the, normal, regular people who have good jobs can't afford homes there. It's just unsustainable to live there. And especially if you want to have a family and who wants to raise a family in California, especially with all the things that you said before. I mean, this is a, these are, these are people who want to have raised good children and they're threatening to take your children away. It's like, get out of there. That's the that's, fact it, that 
the fact that I am saving money to live in Florida is so crazy. And I have told yeah. DeSantis many times he should think about an entry tax. And I, and I actually really believe that. I wanna show you one other number here to really debunk what, what Newsom was saying, because he's comparing what historically Cali was and why people moved there in the first place, not what it is now. This is from governing.com. Uh, for all of 2022, California's economy ranked 10th worst for GDP growth among the states advancing only 0.4% versus 2.1% national pace. Top growth was found in Idaho at 4.9%, then Tennessee at 4.3%, Florida at 4%, Nevada at 3.7%, and Texas at 3.4%. So that is really the proof in the pudding stuff, that in the last two years, basically, as we have lived through all of this craziness, where are people moving? Idaho, Tennessee, Texas, mm -hmm. Florida. Anywhere else, literally anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> Anywhere and what, a, what a shame because California is, I mean, if you look at it from just a geographical standpoint, it's a beautiful state. It really mm -hmm. is beautiful. Just if you look at the scenery, if you drive through it and, you know, especially not the cities per se, but, you know, just the state in general, it really is beautiful. And he's ruined a beautiful state and shame on him, you know? Mary, how he, much, how much should just, we care? How much well, do you think we should care? Because I'm starting to care an awful lot less. I really am. Really? I mean, yeah. If that's the route they want to go, then so be it. Because yeah, I, where where California goes, so too follows the rest of the country in many cases. And so there's a danger to one of the largest economies in the country leading the way, uh, you know, that's how I'm sure how Gavin would put it, on some of these cultural issues. That really sets the stage for well, other states to follow suit. I hope that they don't, but there's reason to be paying attention to it for sure. And so, it, it, yeah. I mean, it's, it's really important that people do, they don't look at California as an outlier because I think that there are other Democrat governors who think, ooh, look at Gavin, like, look what he's doing. We should be modeling ourselves. Didn't he like 10 or 15 years ago have this big plan about solving homelessness and throw billions of dollars at it? Mm -hmm. Where yeah. did the yep. money go? How did right. that turn out right. for him? And then the yeah. problem is, is that they crap, they crap in these states. Like he crapped all over California. And then a lot of these liberals are like, okay, that's fine. We're going to go ahead and move to other states like the Idaho's and the Texas's and the Colorado's and the Arizona's. And then I'm afraid, kind of like I said earlier, that they're going to do that in these other states. They are going to bring their, cause I mean, I look at Austin, it's happening here and it's, and it's starting to spread. It's spreading out because I live close to Waco. It's starting to spread. And that mm -hmm. concerns me because the liberals are moving to places like you think that it's just conservatives. It's not just conservatives that are moving because I look and I see some of the Subarus driving around. And are, it's you telling, are you telling me it's happening in Waco? Can't Chip and Joanna, isn't that where they flip <laughs> all their houses? Can't they do yeah. something about that? I wish they would. Wish. They probably would vote for Gavin, though, right? I mean, I don't know. Well, I don't know where they stand politically. No, but. I think they're they're probably pretty conservative. But I mean, it is starting to trickle, and it's you know, it's starting to sort of spread out a little bit, and that does concern me because these people get sick of the high taxes, but yet they they go and they move, and then they bring their crappy politics with them, and that's not okay, and that is a concern. So it's kind of like crapping where you eat, right? That whole notion. Right. I mean, some of that, I think, is the people that tend to move towards big cities. Austin seems like it's the place where all the people who wanted to stay a little weird went. So it went blue. <laughs> we don't really again, we don't really have that in Florida, from what I can tell you. I want to read one more thing that's happening in Cali right now. And as chicks, I know you guys like to shop. Right. That's what they say. So uh, yes. <laughs> Westfield. Here we go. Westfield Mall stopped paying its five hundred fifty eight million dollar wow. mortgage 
and is surrendering its namesake San Francisco Mall, the biggest in the city, to lenders in the wake of Nordstrom's planned closure and plunging foot traffic down 42% from 2019 and sales are down by a third. I mean, did was you that see the video that went like around? To shop? Chicks do like <laughs> yeah. to shop. That's did not you offensive. See- did you see the video that was going around even um, earlier this week? Uh, because all these stores are closing down in San Francisco and they're hightailing it out of there. So there was just another video, I just saw it today, as a matter of fact, of a bunch more looters taking advantage of the few stores that yep. remain so they could empty them out too. And 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 then we got Gavin on Sean Hannity bragging about the state. Get, yeah, that's unreal. get the F out of here. Where's, where's <laughs> Pelosi going to shop? Where's she gonna go? Oh, don't worry. She has a private shopper. She's not. <laughs> she's not slumming it at the Westfield right. Mall in San Francisco. Right. But actually, uh, one more thing on the on the emigration. That is the exit of Cali. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is from ABC Ten. Census data shows that just counting domestic wow. migration in and out of the state, California overall lost eight hundred seventy one thousand people from April twenty twenty to July twenty twenty two. After accounting for international migration, the birth and death rate, California lost about 500,000 over two years. Now, we're about a year off since that, and we know that people have still consistently been leaving California, so. And I wanna see see DeSantis and him actually do that debate that he was like all for, you know, when when Hendy said, I really wanna see you guys debate. I would love to see him answer to that. How do you answer? You gave me a hell of a segue. You gave me a hell of a segue because DeSantis, uh, he's been, Newsom's going after him relentlessly. He finally responded. This is just yesterday. Take a look. (laughs) You know, it's interesting. Um, He's got huge problems in his state. I mean, like huge problems in his state. We all know that. I mean, you see it in San Francisco. You see it in LA. You see it in the people fleeing. California from its inception gained population every single year until he became governor. I mean, California was probably the height of opportunity for middle-class Americans for many, many decades in this country. No one would leave there. You know, you would go, people were drawn to there, and yet he's the first governor that's overseen a a massive exodus out of California. And you know, you can kind of understand if somebody comes from Minnesota and moves to Naples, better winners, all this stuff, But if you're leaving, like, Southern California to move to, like, Jacksonville, which is a great place, you're not doing it because of the weather, because they got probably the best weather in the country. Uh, You're doing it because the place is so mismanaged and ill-governed that you just can't take it anymore. And so, and yet with all those problems, he has a real serious fixation on the state of Florida. I mean, I think it's just bizarre that he does that. But what what I would tell him is, you know what? Stop pussyfooting around. Are, are you going to throw your hat in the ring and challenge uh, Joe? Are you going to get in and do it? Or are you just going to sit on the sidelines and chirp? So why don't you throw your hat in the ring, and then we'll go ahead and, and talk about what, what's happening. So, Miriam, one of the things I say on the show Love all it. the time is when, is when you're telling the truth, it, it, you can... Your body language, everything about the way you speak, you don't have to scream. You don't have to genuflect and throw papers around and everything else. And I think something good is happening with DeSantis right now where he's coming into it. And everything he said there was true, which is why his demeanor was so calm versus the Gavin thing. It's very, you know, like, I got to tell you this thing. Um, I guess I guess he's kind of goating him into running. (laughs) 
Well, we'll see if Gavin actually, I mean, because Gavin, I think, would would prefer to just get DeSantis in some sort of on some sort of stage together before he'll ever admit what he's actually doing politically. And, you know, DeSantis's answer was absolute perfection there. Um, I love that he's just kind of blowing him off and saying, you know, put up or shut up. Everybody yeah. knows what you're doing. So just admit it and stop obsessing with me. I'm just not that into you. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> loved it. Amy, last word on Gavin and the governor, and then we'll move on to the next topic. Yeah, he's slimy. He's gross. I'd love to see those two in a debate. That would just, I mean, I would grab my popcorn and love every bit of DeSantis wiping the floor with him. I'm telling you, I said it on the show. I don't know how the Democrats are going to do it, but if DeSantis is the nominee, it's going to be Newsom. They will not put Biden on that stage with him. Oh my God. And and they will gladly get rid of the first black female VP to put him up there. And that's, I don't know what trickery they have to do to do it, but I just, if it's Trump, I think it will be Biden as long as he's alive because it's, you know, the juxtaposition isn't so far off, but I just don't think Biden and him on the same stage that anyone would be, it wouldn't be obvious to everyone, let's put it that way. But as long as we're talking about Trump, uh, obviously the big thing was the second indictment. The first one was a couple months ago in New York. This one was at a federal courthouse here in Miami, as I said repeatedly this week, it had nothing to do with the state of Florida. There are federal courthouses in every state in the union. Uh, here is Trump's attorney uh, after the indictment. Uh, her name's Alina Hababa talking about the Biden Department of Justice. Joe Biden himself retained possession of classified documents that have not been prosecuted. And none of them came into possession of those documents while they were president. None of them were president who, as the head and sole member of the executive branch, has the power to summarily declassify documents. The decision to pursue charges against President Trump while turning a blind eye to others is emblematic of the corruption that we have here. We are at a turning point in our nation's history. The targeting prosecution of a leading political opponent is the type of thing you see in dictatorships like Cuba and Venezuela. It is commonplace there for rival candidates to be prosecuted, persecuted, and put into jail. What is being done to the President Trump should terrify all citizens of this country. These are not the ideals that our democracy is founded upon. This is not our America. All right. So to be clear, uh, she is telling the truth there in that Biden was found with classified documents. He was a VP at the time and VPs do not have the right to declassify. Mike Pence, same exact thing. We don't even have to get into all the things that Hillary did with bleach bit and all the rest of it, destroying hard drives, et cetera. Um, Amy, just on that front, is is that the thing that people are most focused on, this sort of selective enforcement of the law, because we can get into some of the stuff in the indictment, and it does sound like Trump did some fairly stupid things, at least, Uh, but that's very secondary to the the selective portion of this. Yeah, I mean, I think there's two different different things here, right? I mean, I think he actually did some stuff that was probably wrong, and then there's the the two tiers of justice part of this, right? Where there's, you know, Republicans, or he actually faces 
severe consequences because it's a witch hunt for him because they've been wanting. But I mean, there are people look at Keith Olbermann wants him to die for crying yeah, out loud. I yeah. mean, it's like this is it, they've been on a, a witch hunt for him since day one. They absolutely hate this guy. And they're doing a lot of things out of just severe hatred for Trump. I think we all know that. And then there's the part where he did some stuff that was wrong. So when he gets into that courtroom, they're going to be, you know, putting him on trial for, trial for the things that he did, not, hey, what did. What did Joe Biden face or not face? What did Hillary Clinton face or not face? I mean, it's going to be the the things that that Donald Trump did. So he can't really use in his defense. Well, what Joe Biden didn't face it and Hillary Clinton didn't face it. So he's going to have to actually face the music for the things that he did. Now, do I think it's completely unfair? Yeah. And I think that everybody in this country is at, at least conservatives. Um, people on our the right side of the aisle are looking at this and saying, this is a witch hunt. Yeah. And I hope that at the end of the day, if he is um, convicted of, you know, criminal stuff, wrongdoing, that whoever is president and if that president is a Republican, um, that they pardon him. I hope they do that. I hope that we all agree or at least they agree. They come together and somebody will pardon him. I, yeah, at least I, we I, should I, rally. Yeah, I agree. I suspect that any Republican would because it would help with some of the healing. And if it is another Republican, most likely DeSantis, like you're going to need some MAGA DeSantis healing. So I mm -hmm. think that hopefully they would. Uh, but uh, Miriam, I'm not sure how much you paid attention to the to the specifics in the indictment. But in this one, you know, the New York one isn't isn't that dense. This one is pretty dense. It's Phone pretty calls specific. that were recorded. Uh, one of the things that seems like the most damning is that apparently he showed a classified map of somewhere in the world, we don't know where from the indictment because it's classified obviously, but showed a map to one of the members of his PAC committee and literally said to the guy, this is classified, don't tell anyone about this. Like <laughs> he kinda did this to himself too. And again, that's not diminishing anything that Amy just said there. I'm completely on board all of that. Well, right, and and that's, that's I think um, we're seeing that problem that sort of cognitive dissonance problem happen in much of our audience right now mm -hmm. because they so focus on the unfairness of this, which it is clearly unfair, right. that they refuse to acknowledge that maybe, just maybe, he actually fucked up. And mm -hmm. so I think it's okay to, to do both of those things at the same time. And I don't know why people are having such a hard time doing that. But, you know, and we talked about this off air, the fact that we have audiences, some of which are so devoted and so not able to withstand even hearing just the slightest bit of criticism or even just news reporting that doesn't present Trump in a good way, that they just completely shut down. And I think what's going to happen here, if everybody does believe in having a fair justice system, the justice system has to work. And if it is proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that he did illegal things and he is convicted, that that's one thing. The, the justice system will have done its job. The next job, as Amy Joe pointed out, is that the Republican needs to pardon him because it's been so unfair. So I right. think all of those things can happen all at the same time. Right. It seems to me that the, the out of this thing is that DeSantis becomes president, pardons him like they acknowledge, yes, he did illegal things. But since we're going to have a nonpartisan, you know, scrutiny of the law, we're just we're going to pardon him. Let's put that behind us because otherwise everyone that ever runs for president in, in perpetuity will realize that they will be persecuted and prosecuted for something one day. And that that genuinely is banana republic stuff. Uh, here's yeah. a little video of Trump at the Versailles. It's a it's a famous restaurant here in Miami at the Versailles restaurant right after the indictment. 
All right, so the people there obviously support above him. That's no surprise. Uh, I did see this from the messenger after, which I just thought was kind of funny and maybe indicative of sort of what we're talking about here. <laughs> Trump promises food for everyone at restaurant, uh, doesn't order anything. After his indictment Tuesday, Trump went to the Miami restaurant Versailles where he, despite what he told a crowd of fans, he left in 10 minutes without ordering a thing. And basically he said that he was gonna pay for everybody, it sounds like, and they didn't pay for anybody. Oh I know this gosh. is sort of petty and then he's like, whatever. Bye. I'm willing to yeah. grant him a leash here, but Amy, like, it's just like, it never stops. Isn't it like, that's what they're saying. So he's like, he goes in, he's like, listen, drinks are on me. Yeah. Bye. And then he, he said something out. like food yeah. for everybody and then just walked yeah. out. It's like. We should all try that at a restaurant sometime. This is what the me I'm going to totally do that at the next bar I go to. Yeah, it's like do the drinks for everybody. So this is what they're reporting on. This is what they report on. Yeah, okay. I just I hate our I hate our media. I hate them. This is I what we're doing. I hate the mainstream media too, but I, I do hate not them hate them so much. But yeah, but I, I still I, but I'm still going to try this. I'm still doing this at the next bar I go to. I'm yeah. going to be like I've always wanted to say drinks on me, and then I'm then I'm going to slink out the back door. I'm going to be like well. You don't even yeah. have to say drinks on me because that's an actual lie. You could just say food for everybody and then walk out. And then it's like, what? You're, not really, you're not really lying. You're saying food for everybody. Doesn't, you're not saying who's paying. So, that's I mean, true. you didn't really lie. Yeah. He said this okay. restaurant offers food to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to everyone. It doesn't discriminate against anyone. Right. Ladies, it was a pleasure finally having you on. We will do this again soon. It was Thank great. you very much. Thank you. Yeah, great. And have a great weekend. And for everybody else, there's no post-game show today because I'm actually on the road at the moment. I will be with Governor DeSantis tomorrow outside of Reno at the Basque Fry. If you're somewhere outside of Reno tomorrow, Saturday morning, I will be there. Actually, we'll put the link down below so you can maybe grab tickets to that. And I will give everyone that would request it the one-second hug. Not the two-second <laughs> hug, the one-second <laughs> hug. Uh, thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend. Well, any attempt to restrict drinking and driving here is viewed by some as downright undemocratic. It's kind of getting common this when a fella can't put in a hard day's work, put in 11, 12 hours a day, and then get in your truck and at least drink one or two beers. They're making it laws where you can't drink when you want to. You, can't, you have to wear a seatbelt when you're driving. And pretty soon we're going to become this country. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. And don't forget, you can watch my direct messages live on Blaze TV and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And of course, if you want to connect with me personally and get early access to my sit-down interviews, join rubinreport.locals.com.